Hello and welcome to another episode of the Envisioneering Exchange, the podcast where industry leaders discuss the most important topics in building and urban efficiency. I'm your host, John Sheff, Dan Foss's Director of Public and Industry Affairs. You can subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Today, I am very happy to have Vic Marinich, Dan Foss's Global Segment Director for Air Conditioning, joining us. Uh, Vic and I are going to talk about 2023 rooftop uh, regulations and and all the product uh, development going on in that sector. So, Vic, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely, John. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, sure. Tell us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Danfoss, and we'll jump in. Sure. So uh, again, Victor Marinich. I, I've been here at Danfoss now, pushing twenty-two years. So I've uh, been in various sales and marketing roles uh, in my time here at Danfoss. Uh, currently, uh, I'm responsible for the. Um, strategy globally for our air conditioning segment with a focus on our uh, valves, uh, primarily on our uh, controls. And then in the U.S., of course, I look after mostly all the unitary applications. So we're talking U.S. residential rooftop units and so on. But uh, outside the U.S., we can throw VRF into the mix as well as uh, crack and cry units. Yeah, I mean, you're really all over the place, both in the U.S. and globally. So it's great to have you here. Let's, uh, let's start talking about rooftops. So what's changing for 2023? So maybe we take uh, two steps back and talk about 2015. Um, that's when all this legislation was first uh, enacted. And so it was to cover, uh, they call it small, large and very large commercial package uh, air conditioners and heat pumps. And in 2015, they set out uh, two dates that they were going to increase the efficiency. So one was 2018 and the next uh, upcoming one is January 1st, 2023. So obviously we've passed the 2018 mark. So uh, all the units back then needed to get about a 15% bump in efficiency. Uh, at the time, rooftops were, were relatively speaking, uh, uh, you know, of modest efficiency. So for the OEMs to get that bump wasn't such a big deal. But what we've got coming again now, uh, again January 1st, 2023, is another roughly 15% bump on all of those unitary products. And that's covering a range of uh, 65 to 760 BTUs an hour, or roughly five and a half to 63 tons. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot changing and it's a lot to to, to incorporate into a relatively small package. And uh, on, like you said, on top of what had already happened in 2023. So, um, you know, how are the regulations changing? How are these units going to have to change to adapt to them? Yeah. So, yeah, and, and first, maybe we make a point that the efficiency gains are actually in IEER, right? So it's the integrated energy efficiency ratio. So uh, we're probably used to talking SEER by now. We used to talk EER, which was a fixed uh, a fixed point efficiency rating. Now, SEER was a seasonally adjusted uh, energy efficiency ratio. And now they've tried to make it a, even a bit more I guess we can say realistic with this integrated energy efficiency ratio. So it's a different terminology, but we can really think of it as, uh, uh, you know, trying to apply seasonal impact to these units. Uh, so again, they're going to jump uh, 15% in this uh, seasonal efficiency uh, starting again in 2023. And this go around, it's going to be quite challenging for uh, the OEMs to meet because, you, you know, they'd already, I guess, taken the low hanging fruit for 2018. Um, and when you're designing these units, obviously, uh, there's a lot of things that you want to, um, you know, keep in control uh, the cost, of course, uh, but also rooftops sitting up on the roof. You've got to worry about the weight of the units. You've got to worry about the size of the units. You don't want to be having these huge uh, units, uh, you know, being installed up there on the roof. So 
while it's not mandated, obviously our OEMs are going through these design phases, trying to keep cost, size, weight, and all that stuff to a minimum as well. So it's becoming uh, quite challenging for them. So it'll mean uh, not just doing uh, uh, things a little bit better, it'll mean some shifts in technology. So uh, there's a couple different ways that we see OEMs doing this in the market today. Um, I guess the, the simplest one is uh, the compressor suppliers have been getting uh, more and more uh, efficient products into the market. So that's nice. Uh, anytime you get your compressor more efficient, of course, that's going to give uh, your overall system much better efficiency. Uh, but then we do see things like uh, a, a need to move from uh, fixed speed or uh, um, fixed uh, air volume flow to a uh, variable air volume and variable speed on the fans so you can control the airflow across the coil. Uh, we also see uh, a move to uh, electronic expansion devices away from, you know, maybe they still even had a, a piston or fixed orifice to uh, and TXVs and moving more to electronics. So again, you're better metering the refrigerant into your evaporator. So you're getting uh, optimized uh, heat exchange there. Um, and we also see a move to uh, microchannel heat exchangers that allows us to reduce the uh, charge of the system and also lets you have a... a uh, smaller footprint for similar efficiency and size compared to uh, copper fin. So there are going to be some technology shifts in this uh, in this next move in 2023. And yeah, we just actually talked to Jeff Tucker uh, about microchannel heat exchangers, and he was giving us the lowdown on what's happening. And but I think that's the name of the game, right? It's we can always, you know, we can increase efficiency by making the heat exchanger bigger or 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 making the compressor larger, but that's not really what we're going for. We're trying to do more with less, squeeze more into a small package, decrease component size, decrease material costs, and and all the while making it more efficient. That's right. I mean, if you know, if we're saving uh, fifteen percent more energy, but we're using a lot more raw materials, a lot more energy to produce those raw materials, ship those raw materials, right? Then it's really not a net win. So, I mean, the the, the OEMs and the market at large knows right that we need to uh, to get these things done on a um, you know efficient and effective and, and, and cost effective manner. Um, I, you, you know, one of the the things you need to consider a fifteen percent increase is quite nice, but if you make the design change so onerous because the units get bigger, more expensive and so on, right, we're going to have more and more people putting Band-Aids on their existing super low efficiency units, right? And so it really kind of defeats the purpose of raising the bar. You, you need to come to the market with something that the consumer and the end user are going to be um, willing to and, and able to switch to so that we make this transition to the more efficient units as quickly as possible. And don't just try to, you know, put a Band-Aid solutions over what's out there in the field already. Absolutely. And speaking of transitions, uh, we know that there's a refrigerant transition going uh, ongoing right now. We know the OEMs have been dealing with this for quite some time. How is this transition to IEER uh, combining with transition in rooftops to new refrigerants, with which we expect to happen January 1st, 2025? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the short answer is wow, right? I mean, there's a, a lot of moving parts here. And um, the, the OEMs really have to think about 2025 and beyond, right? Because there's just not the lab space. There's not the engineering resources to design systems for 2023 and then start right back up again and mm -hmm. redesign all those systems. And imagine, you, you know, that most have a, uh, you know, good, better, best platform and they're running everything from five to, you know, maybe a hundred tons and they have uh, different, uh, you know, heat pumps versus furnace heat, uh, electric heat, and all these different options. And there's just no way that that uh, um, 
OEMs are going to be able to make all of these redesigns for 2023 and then do it again in 2025. So they've got to be thinking ahead. Um, and, and we see a couple different routes. And, and I think that really depends on um, where that specific OEM is and, and what it is that they're looking at for the end game. So uh, the main refrigerants that we're seeing uh, come to market in 2025, we're expecting are going to be R454B and R32. Uh, the upside of R454B is it's very similar to R410A, while the upside of R32 is uh, it's a more efficient refrigerant, so you can get away with um, you know maybe smaller heat exchangers um, and, and squeezing more efficiency out of the same raw materials. So, you know, first the OEM's got to kind of decide where they want to go. Both of those refrigerants meet the 750 GWP requirements. Um, one thing that Danfoss has done is we've made a uh, our uh, DSH scroll compressor, which is now a multi-refrigerant compressor, and it's good for 410A and R454B, right? So what that allows the OEM to do t is today design for the efficiency standards needed. They can get the products into the market, and then come 2025, when they need to convert to R454B, the compressor stays the same. And typically, since the um, uh, refrigerant properties are very close to 410A. They really don't have to make any changes into their uh, their system. Now, you can't go ahead and retrofit in the field, right? I mean, because there could be some safety uh, issues, uh, uh, leak detection, and so on you have to worry about. So we're not saying do that. But from the OEM side, they may be able from you know December 31st to January 1st, use the same platform, charge it with a different refrigerant, and still meet the uh, DOE 2023 efficiency guidelines. So that's really a nice way to get your designs done once. You know, maybe you have to do a little bit of homework to make sure that the uh, designs that you're making will also be valid for uh, R454B. But once you're done, you're done. Um, the other uh, thing we see people doing is uh, getting a quick... Um, change now to get the efficiency requirements they need, but then really focusing on R32 for 2025, because as I mentioned, that could allow you to reduce the size of your heat exchangers, reduce the size of your compressors, you know, and some of the other components. So you have the potential to make a um, more efficient, more cost-effective solution. And if that's the end game that you want, then maybe you, um, let's say, how it belong for, for the next two years with a good enough product to meet the 2023 standards, but then come 2025, you can be better positioned with a uh, much more efficient and cost-effective solution. So it, it all kind of depends on the OEM, what resources they have now and, and what their long-term refrigerant strategy is. Yeah, it's interesting. A couple of different strategies laid out there, and we've seen some OEMs declare R32. We've seen some uh, for for 454B, and we've seen some that have not made a decision or at least not made it publicly. So it'd be interesting right. to see how how the industry shakes out. Um, you talked a lot about OEMs. You mentioned, you know, people in the field. What do contractors need to know to uh, prepare for, for 2023 at least? So, I, uh, I, again, I think the OEMs are doing the best they can to minimize the size. So that'll be nice. Um, you know, so the contractors, I, I know a lot of the OEMs, they want to keep the same uh, uh, the same curb size, right? So that if you're replacing a, a, a 20 ton unit with with the company's next 20 ton unit, hopefully that uh, base, uh, uh, the curb stays the same. So there's minimal work on the contractor side. But I think the contractors can expect the installs in general to be more complicated. Um, I'm not saying it's nothing they can't do, but um, again, we're going to have a lot more variable speed fans, uh, variable air volume. We're going to have uh, 
electronic expansion valves. We're going to have potentially modulating uh, variable speed compressors, right? So, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot more electronics uh, uh, when it comes to installing, troubleshooting, uh, commissioning, right? Making sure you're getting good airflow across all the different uh, uh uh, parameters that you're looking at in your install, you know, as opposed to, you, you know, maybe what was, uh, you know, some years ago, just a simple unit, you threw it on the roof, you got fixed air volume, you got a fixed uh, uh, temperature coming out of the evaporator and, and away you went, right? It was a simple on off on the compressor. So uh, it'll maybe take a bit more work uh, commissioning and, and getting the, um, uh, you know, the electronics and all that stuff uh, programmed and done right. Yeah, I mean, we could take a whole show talking about, you know, HVAC contractors and, and how that industry is transitioning and how, you know, the skills that are necessary. But I think overall, the the machinery is getting more complex, more efficient and into smaller footprints. So I think that's something for, for contractors to be aware of as we kind of move forward in the next few years. Um, and well, and, and uh, to the OEMs, uh, uh, I think it's important to say, right, they've really been putting a lot of emphasis on safety, uh, as has AHRI and the Safe Transition Task Force and so on. So, um you know, I, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, hesitation in the field, right? As an installer, if we start hearing the gases are going to be flammable in, in 2025, right? And uh, so while it won't be impacted with these efficiency changes, uh, I, I think it's important that we uh, uh, let the, the contractors know that there's been a lot of effort put into the safety side of things, whether it's uh, safe uh, manufacturing, whether it's, you know, leak detection and other things to make sure units are safe in the field. So uh, the electronics, yeah, can make things a bit more complicated, but also adds a lot of safety to the units that uh, I think will be greatly appreciated. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And HRI and, and the OEMs have been doing a, a lot of work, as you mentioned, on the Safe Transition Task Force and, and yeah. getting that message out there. So there's a lot of resources out there for, uh, for contractors you just need to visit the HRI uh, website to find Absolutely. them. I think that's a great place to stop. Vic, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Any final thoughts? Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, thanks, John, for having me. I really appreciated uh, the time and the opportunity to talk about uh, uh, what's happening here in North America. Um, uh, maybe something for, for those listening. I, um, Dan Foss has a lot of resources on our website. So if you're interested in whether it's the uh, refrigerant transition, whether it's uh, energy efficiency changes, you know, please go to our uh website, uh, danfoss.com, and, and there you can find links uh, or refrigerants.danfoss.com if you're interested on the refrigerant side. Uh, we also have some really great training uh, tools on the website. So if you're uh, looking on how to better service, uh, whether it's the compressors, uh, valves, you know, uh, cleaning the heat exchangers, again, you know, please take a look at it around the website. And I think there's a lot of good things for both the OEMs uh, and the contractors to take advantage of. Yeah, that's a really great point. There are a lot of resources out there uh, right here on the, the Danfoss uh a web platform. So again, thanks so much, Vic. That's it for this episode of the of the Envisioneering Exchange. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Vic Marinich, Global Segment Director for Air Conditioning for Danfoss. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the Envisioneering Exchange on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and share with your network. Uh, my name is John Sheff, Danfoss's Director of Public Industry Affairs. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.